You're listening to A Conversation with Vess Blake with your host, Vesco Blake. Don't forget to check out the website, www.vesblake.co.uk. That's www.vesblake.co.uk. Yo, what's going down, people? A Conversation with Vess Blake, episode five. Yet again, I've got another special guest. And fortunately for me, I've got someone who's got a softer voice than me. I'm tired of people telling me that, raw. You've got a beard, yeah, but you sound really, really young. I don't sound young. My voice is a bit injured, that's all. But anyway, let me introduce to you Sugar Shack, a.k.a. Shacky. Yo, yo, what's going on? <laughs> Your voice is deep in that. No, I'm joking. Yeah, Shacky, what's going on, man? What's going on, Vess? Wait, well, first and foremost, you know what? Before you tell us who you are, I want to know where the name Shacky comes from because as a Nigerian, when I hear the word Shacky... I think of the meat that comes from a cow. And if you don't know what I'm referring to, grab your phones, go onto the internet right now, type in shaki and type in a cow. Yeah, and that's the meat. That's what comes into my head. So where does the name shaki come from? You know, I guess this is the part where I meant to tell you some insane story where it's sick and it makes sense and you're like, whoa, that's so inspirational. But the truth is... I'm from North London, so there was a JME song called Food. And in the song, there's a lyric where he goes, I'm Nigerian, I deal with Shaki. And I went to school the next day, everybody's playing the song. I think a couple of my boys are like, oh, what's Shaki? What's Shaki? I was like, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not Nigerian, innit? I'm from Congo, I'm not from Nigeria. They're like, nah, man, you're African, you know what, Shaki? You know that the dumb children racism, <laughs> the mild racism? They're like, nah, man, you're, you're from Africa, you must know what Shaki is. I'm like, no, I don't. And he's like, nah, you're Shaki, man, you're Shaki. Then lunchtime, what Shaki? What what we what lesson we got? Don't call me Shaki. And then next thing you know, <laughs> ten years down the line, and Shaki just stuck. And after I think after about six months, I gave up on trying to tell them to stop it. And yeah, it just became became the name. So yeah. So you're actually named after a meat for true. Listen, <laughs> listen. Life life works in funny ways. And if you have googled the meat, you will see. It. It's pretty ugly. When I rem- like it stinks, there's nothing, but there's no connection to me. I feel like it's been such a long time that I ain't even connected to the actual meat like that. But can I just say the Nigerian version doesn't stink? I'm not throwing any shade at Ghanaians or nothing like that, but the Nigerian version doesn't stink. Listen, you don't don't tell me, don't say that I don't keep it real because I could have. I'm sure I could have made up a better story, but that's the truth. I respect that still, man, and and for my non-Africans. Is tripe, yeah, which is the line, uh, which is the lining of the cow's stomach, yeah. So when you Google it, it's not only Africans or Nigerians who eat it. All right, so Shaki, tell us who is Shaki, what does Shaki do? Give us a bit of like, give us some background. Um, yeah, so I'm a writer, I started out originally writing poetry, spoken word, and um, yeah, from there developed into writing other things, writing plays, writing. Writing, um, writing songwriting, writing music for myself, writing music for other people, and just yeah, general directing my own videos. So just a general, I'm a writer and a performer by craft, and I do a lot of different other things as well, a lot of different other things. Can I just say you're being quite modest because you're actually an international superstar, whoa, whoa. yeah? Why are you saying whoa, 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 whoa <laughs> for? I don't know, cause. Huh? When you say them things, the Illuminati start looking at you. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me let me ask you this, yeah. Is there anyone who's listening? Obviously, you can't feedback to me now, but if there's anyone who is listening and you've performed 
at a soccer stadium or you performed at Wembley Stadium. And when I say soccer stadium, I'm talking soccer stadium in Australia or a soccer stadium in Papua New Guinea. So that's far from, from where we are. You are international, bro. So tell us about that as well. Um, yeah, yeah. So no, I've done, yeah, I've done a couple of things. Um, Papua New Guinea, went Papua New Guinea last year, performed in front of 60,000 odd or so people. That was crazy, craziest time. Um, apart from the performance, um, I went with um, a group, a band, good good friends of mine called LZ7. And um, we went to a bunch of schools. We went to about 20 schools in Papua New Guinea. And that was crazy. Went to Australia, went to a bunch of schools there. Um, I performed at Wembley Arena about three weeks ago, 15,000 people. That was crazy. And apart from that, I've just done a whole bunch of other performances. Um, I've written, yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm just starting out. So international superstar, I'm about to go into like Oprah money if I'm an international superstar now. <laughs> well, we claim it for you. Amen. Yeah. All right. Amen. So um, Papua New Guinea is a country that intrigues me quite a lot. Yeah. Originally, my ignorant mind when I was younger led me to believe that it was actually located in Africa. Mm. And the majority of the people in there, in fact, I think all of them, or the majority of people there are black. Yeah. But um, I think it's about 75 or 80 percent of them still live um in their traditional way. Mm. So a lot of them don't have clean running water, they don't even mm. have houses. Mm. A lot of them don't wear clothes. Mm. What was it like for you being out there? What was the craziest thing that you saw and how has it changed your outlook towards life? Mm, interesting. I didn't know we'll start a Papua New Guinea, but yeah. Um, when I went there, we we stayed in quite... Um, we wasn't really... We wasn't allowed to go into like the real, real... Like in the jungle, basically. Cause Why is that? It's just I think it was just security reasons. Because even when we was in the city, we always had like a police escort. There was always someone, you know, people following us and about. And I think in there, like, yeah, this, it's, it's like, yeah, it, it's different. Going into the, going into them jungles and into those rural areas, like they, they really live rural to the point where it's like. It's different. You can't you can't just walk in there. You need to get permission. You need to they need to know you're coming. There's, there's a whole bunch of different stuff. But the experience itself, even just being in and around the city, was crazy. Cause I'm originally from Congo, and I left when I was um, about six or seven years old. And I've been in been in London since then. Ever since then, I've travelled around. I lived in New York for a bit, but that's another story. But um, but yeah. So going back to going to to a third world country. It was just different. It was just, it was crazy. And Papua New Guinea, when if you if I took pictures and just sent it to you, you would think I'm in Africa, just because everybody's black. Mm. The climate, the 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 way the streets look, it looks like a it looks like an African country. Mm. And you know, and I remember like I think one of the clearest memories I have is um when I was performing, um I came off the stage and just 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 hugging the people, speaking to the people, and someone grabbed my arm, and he was like, hey. You're black man. I am black man too. We're both black man. We're both black. We're both black man. And it was just, it was this weird moment where it was just like, you know, like, it's like, it was, this is nowhere near anything or anywhere. Like, this is on, it's on the coast of Australia. And it's just, he resonated with me as a black man. So I just thought that was crazy. I just, I just felt that was nuts. But the whole experience itself was crazy. We went to a bunch of different schools, like, just, yeah, and it was just mad. It's, and what was crazy, I remember one of the other craziest things was this country is very poor. It's a very poor country. Not by, like, you know, 
poor like materially in terms of money i'm not talking about poor in terms of people they seem very very happy but like they all had smartphones which was crazy like we would get on i'll get on stage and perform and these people are living in huts Mm. like running water's a bit peak like but they all got phones they like they all got smartphones they're all taking pictures and i always thought that was weird i still haven't really figured out how and why like but everybody had a smartphone you would think that them type of places they don't even have that but they all had smartphones so those are just random things that i picked up but papua new guinea was amazing the people were so nice everyone was amazing they were just so happy to just to see to see us to see us coming there and performing that was a crazy experience i don't think i'll ever forget that ever that's dope man it's definitely a place that i want to go visit i've done like a lot of research on it i'm also aware that um it's almost like a dumping gun for Australia. So yeah. if Australia has any criminals, all of their criminals go to the Papua New Guinea prisons, mm-hmm. which are owned by the Australian government. So it's a bit of, it's literally in the middle of nowhere, isn't it? It's like a big island, right? It is, it is. yeah, it's an island. It's just an island on the coast, like on the, on the north, the north side of um, of Australia. But it was, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful place though. Beautiful climate, it's amazing. But yeah, it's just, it's just interesting interesting place very very interesting place like i got um yeah it's just an interesting place like i'll tell you a little story where we got to a school and we was going to perform at this school and <clears throat> when we got to the school i was speaking to the like our uh the people that was escorting us around the country and there was like um oh just before you go on stage i just want to let you know that this school is ve- um this school is known for its satanic cults mm. i was like <laughs> huh <laughs> What do, you, what do you mean? It's like, oh, yeah, um, yeah, the school's known for its satanic cults. Like, there's a lot of satanic cults operating from within the school. Like, the older guys are part of it and, like, they're, they're, they're what do you call it? They're initiating it and yeah. they pass it down to the younger ones. Mm. So there's a lot of, like, satanic cults. So just be careful with taking things from people and blah, 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 blah. And, like those are things you never ever expect to hear. Like even as a performer, those are, you don't hear that on stage. You're about to go on stage. Say, oh yeah, I just want to let you know, like there's people in here that it's just crazy, and that was mental. That was nuts. But even then, everybody was nice. Like it's not like while I was performing, there was like people levitating on one corner or something. But it was just <laughs> <laughs> it was just weird. Those are just weird little things that you don't ever expect to really hear. And the way she said it so casually was just like it was just part of the culture. Like it was just like oh yeah. They wor- we worship God, they worship Satan. But yeah. we go to coffee sometimes. Weird. <laughs> Weird. Uh, so obviously, um, I've spoken to you about this a few times actually, but um, you've not always been a writer, have you? Like before you turned to writing, you had a different career path and it's a career path that, to me, it sounded attractive, sounded lucrative. And it's one that, um, boy, I would have loved to have been a part of to mm. an extent. Mm. Yeah, because when you explain, I don't want people to get the wrong end of a stick, but um, especially financially. So give us a little bit of background on that, please. Okay. So, um, so yeah, I worked in, I worked in the finance industry for, from 18 till about 21, 22. I'm 24 now. I turned 24 yesterday. Wait, Thank quick you. question. 18. I don't know many people who work in the finance industry so, at the age of 18 unless they're like a cashier at HSBC. Yeah. So was that what you was? Or? So I got in from sales. So when I say fashion, when I say um, finance, it's more sales. I got into sales and through sales, I got into finance. So originally, um, 
So I came out of college, so went to school, done good in school, went to college, basically just chased girls for the first year and failed college miserably. Second Can year. Can I ask a question real quickly? Yeah. Time. When you were chasing girls, did you tell them about your name was Shaki? Come on, bro. <laughs> They must say eels. There was no eels back then. But <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I left school. So college. After I done college, I didn't want to go to uni straight away. So I thought I need to get a job. And um, yeah, I was involved in a whole lot of different badness as well. So yeah, just a whole bunch of different stuff. Got arrested a couple times. You know, I just thought, right, I need to get a job. That's the only way I can like get my way out of all of this. And the only place that would give me a job without experience with sales so i started out doing door-to-door sales um just literally signed up to some agency they were doing door-to-door sales but they offered this like business opportunity where it's like if you're really really good at sales they'll give you the opportunity to train other people and build a team of people and from there you might be able to potentially go far so i bought into all of that was super sick at sales i didn't even i just you know i was just good at speaking to people i didn't even know i was good at sales what was you selling Oh, everything. We were selling anything, like loft cavity wall insulation. I was selling makeup, selling toys, selling everything, <laughs> like just whatever. Because I think what, the way they broke it down to me was like the principle mm. is just understanding how to sell. And once you understand how to sell, it doesn't even matter what you're selling. You just, once you get that sales bit, you're good. And I got, I got it, like I, I clicked onto it and I was just doing cold, like I was top salesman for a little while and all the while i'm still young i'm like 18 17 everyone around me is at 24 25 blah 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 so i worked my way up at that very very quickly pretty quickly and then yeah done that for ages and then after i finished after like i i built up with the sell stuff like i stopped for a little while left sales and um yeah, I left sales. I was like, uh, you know, I'm just going to go get a normal job. I got a job in Coral, started to go uni. So I went uni and I was working at Coral, trying to live a normal life, basically. But what happens is that sells training and that sells the sell. It's like the way that the way the the, the, the what do you call it, man? The the um, the environment, the way the industry, the the, uh-huh. the the culture of sales, the way it is, it's constantly uh-huh. like. You're being motivated to achieve more. You can be this. You can be this. Why do you want to work a normal job? You can be millionaire. You can be this. If you work hard, you can be. And I just bought mm. into all of that. So when I left that and went to work in Coral, I was sitting there cashing bets for people that were basically waiting for their benefits to get paid so they can <laughs> yeah. come gamble. Yeah. And it was just such a shock to me. that I hated it. I just absolutely hated everything about it. I felt it's like depressing, it, isn't it? <laughs> I felt like it was below me. Like, yeah, it was yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. I've been there before. And then, so... And then one day, on my way back from... True story. On my way back from work, I opened the newspaper and there was this this chubby white boy. I, I can't remember his name, but he was sitting on this. He was sitting like on a table and there was like four computer screens behind him and they had all these graphs and, and charts and stuff and blah, 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 blah. And, and underneath it, the headline was like, 21-year-old mil- uh, millionaire trader, blah, 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 blah. So I'm reading this. I'm hearing how this boy is 21. He didn't go to uni. He's a millionaire because he learned how to trade. Blah. So I'm fascinated. So that night I went home. I'm just reading up about trading. What's all this trading stuff? What's trading? How do you trade? How do you learn how to trade? Read up a whole bunch of stuff. Found, it out, found out that I don't even need no uni degrees like that. I just need to know how to sell, blah, 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 mm. blah. So next day, called in sick for work, said I can't come in and just applied for a bunch every junior broker trader trainee trader blah 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 just applied for like 
50 jobs all day just 100 i don't even remember how many jobs i applied ended up getting an interview for the first job went into the job they're like to me oh yeah like you know like like why should we give you the opportunity and i was just like yeah i'll do this i'll do that blah 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 blah. and they were like okay cool we'll give you the job so we'll give you a trial you have five days to basically close five deals you have a week to close five deals yeah. and the deals where we was doing is basically getting people to invest money onto a trading platform so you have five days to do this and i think i done it on like i think i done four on the first day and then the next morning i done the next one because i was just i just took that salesman mentality so then that took off like from there they gave me the job and that's how i started trading got into finance i was at 18 19 i was at 19 at was the you time. one of the youngest actually in your firm i was i was there was a couple of us there was me and two other guys and they were both it was three of us and we was all black and we was all from the ends and from different ends but we was all from ends no there was maybe like yeah four of us but then generally everybody was a lot older and just hit the ground running hit the ground running i think my first paycheck was like the first the highest first paycheck of anybody at the company at the time. And Can I ask you a personal question? I want to know how much um, zeros was on that paycheck. Oh, listen, yeah, when you say zeros, you're going to diminish my answer like that. But <laughs> zeros, like I got paid 1.6. But no, it was, you know what? It was like, I think my first, pay, first paycheck was like three and a half. And that was off of three weeks work. It was off of three weeks work. And that first week was the trial run. So it was basically two weeks work. So and for an 18-year-old, that is big money. Oh, that was crazy. That man. is big money crazy because money. there's grown people with degrees that ain't even seen three and a half at the end of a month. Three and a half, and we blew it, blew it all, completely blew it. I remember I had a jacket. I bought this jacket from... It wasn't even my jacket. It was my boy's jacket. I used to wear this long Zara jacket, some Lengman, gunman jacket. And I remember I got paid. I walked into um, Reese, and it was this big black fur jacket, long jacket with fur on the side. It was like 450 bought the jacket walked outside took my jacket that i was wearing off my back threw it in the bin <laughs> and, and put the fur jacket on like yeah i made it be <laughs> life ain't the same no more be changing on you but yeah like literally and that was the mentality from there i just never looked back from that moment on i just became hungry and it wasn't even just hungry for money it was hungry for this dream because the way the sales goes is every morning you come in you got a morning meeting. They got a video, some type of motivational video, mm. some type of motivational speech every single day. So after a while, it's like it just becomes a part of you. Like you're never satisfied with anything. It's like, yeah. I just need to be the, the man. And then from there, done my thing, traveled around. We was going, I was doing, me and my boys, we was going random Milan trips to go watch. Like I went to watch um, uh, AC Milan versus something in Milan random trip we just decided on the day like yeah let's go Milan everybody had money we just went Milan got box seats mad crazies just expensive and how old was you when this was going on this is like 20 so I'm like 20 yeah 20 between like between this is 20 between 20 and 21 wow, so when most of your college friends are in university and they're doing all-nighters you're just flying out to Milan flying just spending out, spending crazy money literally mm. I'm not gonna lie yeah I'm jealous because when I was 20 I wasn't doing any of that you know what when I was 20 yeah grown man thing I was sitting in my library till god knows what time and then rather than go home I would fall asleep in the library because I knew that I had an assignment to hand in the following morning the only like the biggest, the most exciting thing that I done in university was go raven, and you're going Milan. Listen, I'll tell you a story. Yeah. This is how I knew 
that I started making different money at that time. So when we went Milan, listen to our nuts. So we went to Milan, and the plan was when we got to Milan, apparently there's a train that goes from Italy to Switzerland, mm. and the train is like 30, 30 euros each. So it was me and my boys, so it's like oh, 30 euros each. And in Switzerland, they got this like shopping outlet where, um, yeah, they got the shopping outlet where they sell everything for like it's mad designer, but it's a bit cheaper. So the plan was we get up at nine, the train comes at nine, we get up at nine and we go to this place. So it's like cool, we'll get up at nine. The night before we had a bit of a wild one, woke up at like eleven. So we woke up at eleven, I'm like to my boy, oh, we missed it. Like, yeah, man, we'll just have to do the shopping trip next time. And he's been getting money for a while. So it's yeah. how you know someone's been getting money for a while. He's like, Why? I'm like, What do you mean why? We missed the train. He's like, Oh no, let's take a let's take a taxi. I said, What? Taxi to to where? To Switzerland. He's like, Yeah, yeah. Uh, it won't be that much. It might be like a hundred euros. We'll split it fifty each. So he's gassed me. He's like, Come on, man, you're making money, it's nothing. So I'm like, cool. I remember we got in a taxi now, driving, driving, driving up hills, mad scenic routes, super like in the hills, just crazy, crazy. And I fell asleep. And I remember I fell asleep and I opened my eyes and they had um the meter the taxi yeah. had a meter and i remember <laughs> i opened my eyes and it said 690 euros i remember it said 690 euros i woke up felt like i was gonna have a heart attack <laughs> i was like to the cabman how far are we he said one hour one hour <laughs> one hour the taxi ride was like 800 euros we done that there and back we split that and paid what 700 like yeah like 800 euros 800 euros each. I think coming back was 600 euros for some reason. So we ended up paying like more or less 700 euros each that to get crazy. there. And then when we got there, we shopped and bought things as well. So it's just, yeah, reckless times. You know, what's times. So, like, you know what's so crazy, yeah? My grown self is jealous <laughs> of your 21 and 20 year old self. I'm actually jealous, man. I want, I, I want to take a taxi. <laughs> I'd never take a taxi to work. <laughs> it's expensive. It's fifteen pounds. Shout out my boy <laughs> Junes. Junes. Ten k. I'm never gonna. Sh- I'm never gonna bait about like that. But yeah, man. Crazy guy. Crazy guy. He had me living a different type of lifestyle. Different type of lifestyle. But those were fun times. Ah, uh, now fun time. you know what's so mad, yeah. And a lot of people aren't gonna understand this. And at the time, I didn't understand this either. You're making loads of money at a young age. Why did I leave? And you gave that up, yeah? But here's what's... You know what? I'm going to let you say why you gave it up or what you gave it up for. So I told them, so them what you gave it up for. So you gave it up to pursue something. What was that? So, bruv, you know what? Before I even tell you what I gave up, that's only, that's only even a part of the story. So after that whole period of, like, of, um, of working in... Of, of just working in finance and just eating in Milan and that, I got a message from a guy... And I worked with this guy before, like we worked together for a little while. So while I was um, while I was doing door to door sales, he was basically he. So the, the company that I worked for, they had different branches all over the UK, and one of the branches they had was in Edinburgh. And where I was like a rising star, what they do is they kind of if you're like doing well, they tour you around all these different offices. Yeah, and use yeah, you I as did, an. Ex- I did you get a cab? What cab? Nah, 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 nah. I was cab around, like, around the UK. Nah, Just cab nah. everywhere. Nah, 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 nah. Jumping my head assembly, but nah, nah. You know what? So I used to travel around all over the UK and just do like talks on what motivates me, how what makes me good at sales, blah, 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 blah. And there was this American guy. He was maybe about 20, yeah, he's probably in his, he's probably like 24, 25. And he had a little office in Edinburgh. 
where he was running a sales floor, doing proper well, making a lot of money. Me and him used to have a lot of fun. Like, I'll tell you another story. These are, I'm just thinking of bare stories. So he used to teach me this trick on how to 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 basically impress girls. How to how to cause he So yeah, he's an American guy, American black guy yeah. in Edinburgh making crazy money. And this is how he basically used to, to, to draw girls, to get onto girls. And he taught me this. Obviously, this is this is my past life before we carry on. I just want to say this. <laughs> this isn't a reflection of who I am as a person now. But what he used to do is, so before we go to the club, he'll go to the cash point. So normally, when you're going to a club, it's late. So at 11, he'll go to the cash point, take out 300. And at about midnight, he'll go to the cash point again and take out another 300. So we'll have these big wads of cash yeah. and they'll put them in his pocket so then we'll go to these clubs where drinks are like 50p a shot and he'll walk up to a girl and say oh do you want a drink and she'll say yeah and he'll take out 600 pounds <laughs> <laughs> take a tenner and pay for a drink and put the wad like wads of cash back yeah. in his pocket and from there the girls are just all over but that's just a funny story if, that probably still works now but you know yeah. what? I used to do that same trick. <laughs> what are you saying? You say it's an international. Yeah, man. I've done that same trick before, man. But yeah. So him. So <laughs> I'm so joking, he, by the way. <laughs> so him now. He he basically went to New York and set up his own um, his own company in New York, and he was doing well. And he hollered at me and was like, "Hey, what's going on? Blah blah blah. I'm here in New York. Like, how would you like to come out to New York with me?" And I was thinking, "Bro, like." New York, I'm doing well in London, I'm eating, I'm making money, I moved out of my mum's house ages ago, I'm living by myself, I'm living with my, I wasn't even living with my ex at the time, but she was kind of all, she was there, like, I was good, there was no reason for me to go to New York, but he just kept on hollering at me, like, hey, come to New York, you know, I think if you came, if you came over here with your intensity, with your skill, you take over, like, you could make so much money here, you can make, like, 20, you know, shouting numbers, like, you can make 10,000, 20,000 pound a month, Blah, 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 blah. Like, there's so much scope to, to move up. Blah, 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 blah. Eventually, he convinced me and I spoke to my, my manager here in the UK. And I was like, listen, this opportunity is here. I'm going to go. Like, I will, I'm going to, I feel to go for it. And he kind of gave me his blessing. He was like, yeah, go ahead. Had, had you been to the States uh, prior never, to this? Never, never. Never been to the States. So, this is my first experience. So, on the 25th of December, 2013, 13, I'm sure it's 13. 2013 on Christmas Day, I flew out to New York and bought um bought an open ticket. Basically, bought a ticket with no return ticket. And just quick, just a quick question. So on the plane, when you fly on Christmas Day, what kind of food do they give you? I can't even remember. It couldn't have been nothing special because I don't. It wasn't turkey, though, was it? I don't think so. Damn. I don't think so. Even in jail, you get. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. All I remember is it was United Airlines, and at some point, some Chinese guy got dragged down. <laughs> But yeah, 25th of December, I remember moved, went to New York and yeah, went uh, went to New York. Funny story from when I got to New York. I'm just remembering bad stories. So on the first night, got to New York, dropped off my bags. We're going to go out tonight. Cool. I'm down. Let's live life. Cool. We're going to go to a couple bars. I'm going to meet another one of my guys. So this guy, that the guy that brought me out there, he mm. was... He was second in command and there was a guy, one guy high, one level higher than him. And this guy, was, the guy higher than him was the real money man. He was the real, real big boss. So anyway, he was like, yeah, let's, like, let's go out. We're going to meet my guy, big boss. We're going to show you a good time. I'm like, yeah, cool, man. Let's do it. Let's do it. I've been living this life anyway. So 
it's nothing new to me let's do this so we're walking out met the guy scottish guy hey nice to meet you blah 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 it's me the two guys um the guy's girl and just yeah a couple guys there was like four or five guys and two girls so as we're walking now he's like to me oh we get to the club he's like i just want to say before we go into the club every single time i've come to one of these type of clubs i've pulled so when he said that i thought okay good well done for you but what do you mean these type of clubs we've walked in now <laughs> and i'm thinking as we're walking in i'm thinking rah there's quite a lot of men in this club <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew this was coming <laughs> you know where's Bro, what, is it is it like free free for guys before before midnight and then, <laughs> and then girls after like where's where's the girls at? There's a couple girls, but there's a clear ratio of like, <laughs> you know, it's nine to one in terms of men to women. So after a while now and a couple stairs, I've realised, bro, this is this is that type of club. And not to say that you get me, there's anything wrong with that. It's to whatever you got to do But this is the first This is my first day in New York <laughs> Like my very first day The first time I've come out And the first place we went to Was just a gay bar And I was thinking to myself Like yeah So man, did you pull or I <laughs> I'm joking I'm joking I love right, it <laughs> 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 No no Yeah it was just funny from there But then yeah It was a good time And New York was fun You know life was It was just such a fast life I remember like It was just crazy Like we used to get up We used to get up at like 5am be at the office for 7am super motivated getting everybody pumped like just with the whole finance sales thing just getting everybody pumped getting everybody on the phones getting everybody moving then when we finished work we'd go out to clubs it was so crazy that I, I remember I wasn't even 21 that's how I know I just remembered now I wasn't 21 so I got the ages a bit wrong I wasn't 21 because I used to have to bribe the bouncers to let me into all the clubs so everybody will pay like ten dollars to get in and i'll be paying fifty dollars every single club we went to just yeah. so they'll let me in because i had to bribe them all the time you know what new york bouncers take the absolute mick the amount of times i've had to get them fifty dollars just to get into a club usually because i don't carry my id around with me but that's because um i'm afraid to get pickpocketed mm. you know what i mean so i don't want to carry around my id but it's my own fault to be fair because i'm just dashing these guys fifty dollars so um yeah, so how did so tell us more about the New York story? How did it come to an end? Where did you live? Yeah. What was your experience? How long was you there for? Yeah, quickly before I carry on, let me just clarify. So we went to the gay club on that day. When I say <laughs> when I say clubs in general, it was just normal <laughs> clubs. I just wanted to make that clear. I wasn't bribing bounces to get into gay clubs the whole time I was in New York. Just want to put that out there for information's sake. But no one's judging, man. It's cool, man. Say it. Nah, it was it was fun, man. It was real, real fun, and I think. So it, what it was for me was like, up just before that point, all I wanted to ever do was be like a, a finance director, be that guy. Like I wanted, I was one of those guys. You need some, you know. Sometimes when you you get on a train and you see the black guy, fresh trim, his suit looks like they made it that morning. Like yellow tie, yellow socks, yellow flipping handkerchief, like them type of guys. You sound like you're describing me, man. Come on, <laughs> uh, that's me. Listen, listen to the rest of the story. Don't make you the greatest. Like, with the Gucci clutch, like, you know, them type, I wanted to be that type of guy. I wanted to be like that, that finance guy that's making mad money, blah, blah, blah. And then what happened was um the guy I was staying with, so the guy, the 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 guy that took me out to New York, he kind of he didn't lie to me, but he kind of gassed it up. He wasn't making no ten thousand a month. So basically what he done was he was basically telling me about his boss's life. 
and he was making it seem like it was his life. Yeah. So he was telling me, I'll come out here and you. this is how I'm living. But when I got out there, I realised he wasn't living like that. His boss was living like that. So when I kind of realised that, I was like, yeah, I don't really need to be dealing with you then. I need to be chatting to your boss. So I kind of built a relationship yeah. with, his, with his boss and me and him got, got a lot closer. And, you know, this guy was this, he was at 27 he was rich, like he had a he had a crazy car. He had this apartment, fiftieth floor, on time overlooking like Times Square. Like, like his house was like two blocks away from Times Square. So, it's crazy, crazy life. And I used to spend more or less every single day with him. And like the more and more time I spent with him, it was like this is what I was aspiring to be. Like my whole for the longest. And now I'm getting to see it firsthand. It might not be me, but I'm getting to see it. And yeah, I started to see how like how not happy he really was like he was he was happy so would like there's stuff like would go to clubs and he'll be splashing out in the clubs buying bottle after bottle buying people drinks like buying groups of people drinks and then what will happen is when everybody's kind of left it's just like he's just all alone no girlfriend no wife no kids like no family it's just all he ever cared about was money like money that's all he cared about was money and achieving the money and blah 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 and then that's when i started to realize it's like okay i'm here like this is it this is what i've been working towards this is what i've been dreaming this this is what people dream of and i'm here and i'm seeing it and it's not it's like an anti-climax it was like it's not all that i felt like if i got there there would be this massive satisfaction like it would be a feeling like i wouldn't be able to explain and it would be joy forever because and it just wasn't that and it kind of took me by surprise and that's when it all started to change and i started to lose like my will my motivation like my drive my drive for it and like and it just it all started to change from there and what happens in cells is cells is cells is a very like it's all about motivation and how gassed you are that's how all these salesmen when you watch wolf of wall street like it's a perfect example like he's gassed you need that gas to be able to survive in them industries and once you lose that gas it's just not the same no more you can't operate the same it just wasn't and i lost that gas and once i lost that gas it was just a downhill path from there but what was crazy is i didn't know why i couldn't figure out why i didn't know why like i didn't know why i wasn't gassed no more i didn't know why it was just like this isn't it no more and that's when i decided that you know what i need to do something because i don't feel happy right now so and that's when i decided to move back to london so, so, so how long was you in York during this period? Then? I was there for maybe about six months. Six months. So there was different reasons. There was there was a couple different reasons. I'm thinking I got a couple stories from New York. But I'm thinking, yo, are we delving into them stories or are they PG? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. We, we can go up to age twelve. <laughs> we'll go up to twelve. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. So. The type of person I am versus, like, even with my writing, I'm just very brutally honest. Like, I always try to keep it as honest as possible because I always feel like you never really know who who can hear your story. And anyway, the, point, the reason why I'm saying this is because, obviously, so when I left for London, um, I had a girlfriend. You can really tell where this story is going to go. <laughs> I, had a, I had a girlfriend in, in, in London, and obviously I went to New York, and then me and her was having some squabbles, blah, blah, blah. But when I got to the place I was working for in New York, there was a girl there this Dominican girl and basically so what happens in America is a lot of like Dominicans and Puerto Ricans they marry um, each other's they marry each other's cousins from back home so they can get green cards and get blah 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 yeah and this girl was she was maybe like 20 21 and her parents basically set up this marriage with one of her cousins but she got paid 25 
grand out oh, of wow. it. And she lived in Boston. So she moved from Boston to New York with 25 grand on the week, on the same week that I got to New York and started working in the same place as her. And for whatever reason, she just liked tall, dark British guys. So I was just her muse. Yeah. So this girl... Listen, so you can imagine, this is a young girl with all this money, no friends, and all she wants to spend time with is just me. And I got a girlfriend. So she was literally bribing me every day for, like, months. I'm talking, like, listen, like, I don't, I don't think there's a restaurant in New York <laughs> that we didn't touch. I'm talking, like, I, was, I, was, I used to wake up in the morning and just search up for things to do, like, and I'll just send it to her. She'd be like, yeah, yeah, let's let's do it. Let's do it. It's fun. Blah, 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 blah. And in my mind, it was like, listen, as long as I don't touch this girl, then I'm not cheating. This isn't this yeah. doesn't count as cheating. We're just, I'm just, this is a friend of mine. And it was just interesting because I remember there was a time. So what was crazy is at the same time, I was having crazy arguments with my ex at the time. Every, like, because the, the relationship is practically this is a long distance relationship. Never yeah. done it before. When we was in the UK, everything was lovely. But now I'm in the US, which is arguing every. She wasn't your ex at that point. No, no, no. She was my girl at that time. Arguing every single day. Every single time we argued, this Dominican girl was just popping up, popping up <laughs> with different stuff. She would be bringing me home cooked meals, like the, the, the ribs and the rice and the beans. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, <laughs> is this such a bad thing? You know, is it, is it? Arguing with my girl every single day. And I remember there was a time when it was like, you know, I, I was I, I argued with my girl and I told her about it. And she was just like to me, like, you know, like, I'm not going to tell your girlfriend. I'm not going to tell her. <laughs> I ain't going to tell her. And I was thinking, God. And I, was, and I remember, yeah, bro, it was just peak. It was peak. Like, there was times when she lived in the Bronx and I lived in Queens. And if you, like, the distance between, to get to the, it's a long distance. It is a long distance, it's a, yeah. It's a very it long is. distance. She lives on, like, 260-something. And I was, like, on the other side. So I used yeah. to get on. I remember there was times when, on the weekend, she'd be like, oh, come to my house, blah, blah, blah. And I'll get on the train. <laughs> she lived on 260-something. I'll get to, like, 180, <laughs> 108, <laughs> and just turn back and go back home and just be like, yeah, I'm not going to do this, bro. I can't do this. I can't do this. But then, yeah, bro, like, I never, ever did. But, you know, that was just an interesting time. Interesting time. Just just random stories from New York. But came back from <laughs> came back from New York. Came back from New York to London. You know, um, I got my old job back. The place I was working at before. Managed to kind of patch up a couple things in my relationship. But at this point, like, it just didn't feel the same no more. Like, before I left, I was beasting. Like, my first paycheck was three and a half. So you can imagine what the other paychecks were after that. So I came back and I basically, as soon as I came back, I told my the guys that I was working for, I said, yeah, I'm back from New York. Like, is there any chance I can have my job? But it was like, 100%, come back. Whenever you're ready. I was like, I haven't even got any suits. I put on weight. I like, Don't worry. But I remember they bought me a suit. Like, they bought me a suit. I came there on a day. I had jeans and whatnot. They were like, oh, can you start work today? I was like, I ain't even got nothing on. They're like, oh, take this money, go buy a suit. Like, that's how interested they were in me coming back and yeah. I just wasn't the same animal I wasn't the same beast like and then that's when it started to change because it was like so up until that point it was just money 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 that was my one drive and motivation and going to New York and seeing a guy that had all that money but was still miserable it was like it was crazy it was like well then if it's not money what is it 
And that question there led me to depression, basically, because I couldn't answer that question. I couldn't answer it because it was like, it's like the, the, the normal guy in the ends, the normal guy in the hood, it's like, man just need to make bread. Man just need to make yeah. bread. Man just need to make bread. But then when you make the bread, nobody nobody really ever gets to that point where they see the satisfaction of like, okay, cool, I've made the bread. So they never ever get to that place of enlightenment, if you want to call it. Mm. And it's not like I, I became a millionaire, but I saw... I saw, I almost looked in the mirror and saw like the guy that was, that I was trying to become and he wasn't happy. And it was like, so if I don't want to be that guy anymore and I've always tried to be this guy, then who am I? What am I? Where am I? What's going on? And it was just baffling, baffling. And in that space, what I lost my, the job I was working at, sales, it's like, when you worked in sales, it's all commission. When you're, when your commission is amazing because it means you can make as much money as you want. Yeah. But commission, when you're not making money, is the worst thing in the world. When you got rent to pay and you're getting paid on commission and you can't sell because you're not motivated and you're depressed, it doesn't come into account. I went from making three thousand, four thousand to making two hundred pounds, three hundred pounds to the point where my managers are paying my rent because they still believe in the old me before I left for New York. Yeah. They're like, nah, yeah. he's gonna come back. He's a bit confused right now. So how much you need? You know, in, I saw your paycheck they would tell me my paycheck before i even got it they'll be like listen your paycheck's looking a bit low how much you need like what do you need to cover we'll cover it for you and they were taking care of me like that but i just wasn't the same then things started going wrong with my ex with my my ex things are going wrong like we're just arguing obviously the money's dried up now she's used to a certain type of lifestyle that lifestyle ain't the same no more because the money ain't the same so we're clashing she's you know she's chilling with other guys and talking to other guys and I ain't even going to go into that too, too much, but we ended up breaking up. So I went from a place of, I went from living in New York, 52nd floor by Times Square, with all this money, Dominican girls buying me wherever I wanted, <laughs> to, to all of a sudden I'm back in London, no job, my girlfriend broke up with me and my landlord's trying to kick me out because I can't pay rent no more. All of this in the space of like three months, the quick, like the craziest downhill spiral you ever see in life then landlord kicked me out girl broke up with me lost my job all like bang 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 and that was it i was gone like nosedive into like like suicidal basically like yeah. it was complete nosedive in life and i just didn't know what to do with myself i didn't know where to go i remember when i came back from new york i put on crazy weight in new york i was like 17 18 stone one of my boys had um a house in, um, my boy was in uni and he had this house in um, in uni where he used to stay and um, they all went down for summer and he was just there was no one in the house so I went to the house and I lived in the house by myself and I was like 17 stone well, I came down to like I came down to like what 17 stone I came down to like 13 stone in the space of like two <laughs> dying what would you so I just try to pitch you as eighteen stone. Oh, listen, it was crazy. <laughs> but we're gonna keep that in. Alright, I, I do apologize for um, for laughing about your weight, but you know, it is because it's just a funny thing because um I know what it feels like to be big, but my maximum was sixteen. Yours is kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. Eighteen no, is was, huge. Crazy, yeah. No, I put it was just eating out there. You know. But, you're rich and you're eating. You don't really care. Mm, yeah. Money, Betty. Yeah. But um, no, nah, man. So you mentioned earlier on that you was depressed, and um, recently I've um been going to like mental health events and mm. seen lots of mental health stuff on 
on the TV and um and I've I've been in like really like depressing states myself mm-hmm. and um ha- like how did you deal with that depressive state? I think it's something that um a lot of people don't speak about but um and a lot of people struggle to actually deal with it, but how did you deal with it? Oh wow. Um <sighs> this might sound crazy, but I feel like for me personally, I feel like what I went through, I had to go through. Like it was it was like imagine if like if you was writing a story, if you was I write books, I write stuff now, and imagine you was writing a story of a character and you like a, a hero or someone that saved people. At some point during the story, it's not like he woke up, he was amazing, his childhood was amazing, his teenage years was amazing, and then he saved people. That's that's boring. Yeah. If someone the story normally for the story to pick up, the person has to go through some type of hardship, some type of struggle. Through that struggle, they are enlightened, they understand something, and then they push on from there. Yeah. And looking back now, I just feel like that was my part where I had to understand certain things. And that's where my mentality changed. So I went from being this completely motivated by money, materialistic type of guy who had no real empathy for anyone or anything but myself, to all of a sudden, I've lost it all and i got to find like worth, i got to find something. And mm. in that is where I kind of found peace. So my depression was, it was deep because, like, it's more than just I was broke. It was like everything you've ever aspired to be is dead. Like, it's like, it's almost like starting again as a grown man. It's like being born again as a grown ass man because yeah. you're like, you, you, yeah, it's like you're starting again. So it's almost like, well, what do I do? I don't even know who I am. I don't even know what I like. Where, where do I go? Like, what do I do for fun? What else do I like apart from being stinking rich? And I had to rediscover all of that. And it was so hard to rediscover that it just took me ages, 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 ages. And I lost weight. I didn't eat. Like, I was just depressed. I remember I was just, like, I watched Breaking Bad. In like, <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, I watched Breaking Bad in like a week and a half, bro. Like, two full seasons oh, of Breaking Bad in the shortest period possible. And, <laughs> And yeah, after a while, and what really, if I'm really honest, what really got me through it, it was just God. And I think that's the first time in my life that I ever, ever met God. You know, parents spoke about God, went to church and sang and, you know, said our father, but it wasn't real. It didn't mean anything to me. And that's when it changed. I think it's really important um, that people hear what you're actually saying right now, because there's a lot of people who have similar stories who've never spoken about it or don't know anyone else who's been in a similar situation so i think it's i think it's really important that you have actually shared that with mm. us so um thank mm. you and thank mm. you for being so brutally honest and transparent with us a, but breaking bad why <laughs> it was just something you know what yeah and it's, 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 so there's a j cole song called um run away yeah and the other day I was sitting in the park and I listened to that song. I, I used to love it. I, you get me? I listened to everything J. Cole does and I listened to that tune a bunch of times. But for the first time I listened to that song and it clicked on a whole nother level. And basically what he's talking about in the song is people running away, using different things to run away and run away and run away. And that whole Breaking Bad example is a very minute example of how you're trying to just use something to run away. You're using it's to distract yourself from the reality. Mm. You know, I didn't like myself. I didn't know who I was. I didn't want to look in the mirror. So instead of looking in the mirror, I just wanted to distract myself. So I would watch Breaking Bad to just imagine a whole other world. And moving on, it's like people do that with different things. Some people drink. 
some people smoke, some people work. Do you get what I'm trying to say? There's some people that just want to work crazy hours because they're scared to stop and look at themselves for who they are because they're scared, like they're, they're not happy and then blah, blah, blah. And it's that whole notion of just running away. And I think that's what it was. Breaking Bad to me was just a chance to just run away, just run away from my reality, run away from, from the collapse of what felt like my whole life. And, and, and that's literally it. And, you know, that, that period there was tough. It was very, very tough. And, you know, I contemplated suicide a bunch of times because it's like, what's the point of living? Like, what am I going to do? I, I can't, I'm not, I want to do this. But I can't do it. It's never like I don't want to do this no more. I want yeah. to do this, but I physically can't because I'm not motivated no more and I have no drive to no more. And it's like, well, if I don't have drive to do this and this is life, then what's life? If that's it doesn't it doesn't add up no more. And you yeah. start rationalizing, like, I should just maybe if I just went today, it wouldn't even be so bad. And yeah, it was just God. God just brought me through that. Brought me through that. I think I was always meant to go to the end right to the edge and turn around and i feel like i got right to the edge and turn around and that's when i started writing i started writing it started out as just writing how i felt like how do you feel i hate myself my hair's black like i look fat i'm losing weight my beard looks this i'm just writing to describe how i feel at the time mm. and i just started writing more and more and more and more and more and more and more at that stage and through the writing, I started getting over my ex. Through the writing, I started. I just started getting better. But I wasn't writing as a. I wasn't. I didn't want to become a writer. It wasn't a career. I was just writing, just for like therapeutic reasons. Yeah. And then yeah, the summer kind of came to a close. You know, I was still depressed, but I got myself together. And then um, that's when I moved back to the end, and I needed to make money, and I got into a, a, a bunch of whole different other things, and that's when I started writing and. Really, from there is how it developed, but but yeah, that's that's how it kind of changed for me. You know what? Yeah, um, I'm gonna be openly transparent as so, well. But as you're speaking, I feel like you're that like you've almost taken the words from my head. Like if I was to be speaking, you're saying what I would have said. Mm. I remember I used to write a lot. I used to write a lot of poetry. I remember one airplane trip. I was going to DC mm. and I was on the plane writing the whole time. And it was a way for me to vent out how I was feeling. So I used to be heavily depressed. A lot of people don't know this. In fact, no one knows this. I don't ever really talk about it. But I was heavily depressed and I was writing. I got all kinds of poetry just scattered around the place. Mm. I remember I used to wear my hat down low because I didn't want no one to ever see my face. Mm. So people used to say, oh, why is your hat down low? The only reason I stopped here yeah, is because one time I broke my nose because my hat was down so far low. I was running jumped down the flight of stairs, jumped so high, smashed my face, broke my nose. So I don't wear my... That's the only reason. <laughs> but um, no, nah, but... So I do fully understand, like, the, like, the whole writing thing and it's therapeutic and all the rest of it. And um, no, nah, so I think it's very, very important. I'm happy that you shared that with us. Um, Just quickly, yeah? Mm. I'm just changing the subject crazy, but I really need to know this. So everyone in my group chat, we was talking about... um. We was talking about money and um one of the most one of one important thing that you said to us today is that it was you realized that having money isn't the be all and end all but um <laughs> well the conversation in the group chat was would you slap your best friend's wife for 500 mil and i said I would slap her six, seven times with both hands, yeah? Because <laughs> 500 mil is a lot of money. But just yeah. speaking to you now, like, it's made me kind of reflect on that. Um, like, 
And I was still slap her. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> because I had the kind of money that you had. But would you do it? It's, it's like I'll, I'll answer it in two ways, isn't it? It's like five hundred million is a lot of money. Five hundred million is a lot of money. I eat like I'm gonna buy a boat and put strippers on there and ball out. But five hundred million is a lot of money that you know. I could, you know, you could change a bunch of people's lives with five hundred million. So it's like it's more of what I would do with the money that would make me consider it. But if I was to say no, not to say that I am saying no, just because I want to be brutally honest. But if, if I was to say no, it's just that whole fact of like, you can't buy, you can't buy me or my dignity or my. You can't. There's no price. You can't put a price on that. It's like when people start asking questions that, that it's like, would you do this for this? Would you do this for this? Would you do this for this? It's like. Big man, you can't, you get me? You can't put yeah, no price on, yeah. on, on me and what I can, like, do you get what I'm trying to say? To me, it's like, if I start slapping people for 500 million, I'm going to start killing people for, <laughs> do you get what I'm trying to say? It's true. I'm going to start prostituting myself for it's this. True. I'm going to start this it's for true. that. And you get me? We're in a whole next different cycle here. And my whole thing is just, you can't buy this. You can't buy, you can't buy me. You can't buy my thoughts. You can't buy who I am as a person. So there's no amount of money you can offer me for this, this, that, 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 for this, this, that, 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 to do this, this, that. And that's just my whole view on money. I feel like my my view on money is so I've gone through that experience where I love money so much to where sometimes I feel like I hate money sometimes. And, you know, I write pieces sometimes where I'm talking about how much I dislike money just because of the divide it brings. And, you know, you see it in people and people hide behind money. I know a lot of people mm. that, listen, I've got brethren today, if I was to go on their WhatsApp picture, their picture would be like a picture of like their hand and their watch is covering their face and it's yeah. like their car blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that's that's a, a cool picture, but it's like, <laughs> that's a metaphor for your real life. Like you're using your watch and you're hiding yourself behind 100%. what you have. You're hiding yourself behind the material, the material stuff you have. And I'm not really, I'm not a materialistic person at all. So yeah man the money the money thing is, is deep it's deep like i've yeah. got whole different type of theories on money but would i slap my best friends for 500 million probably still but <laughs> <laughs> for for different reasons for different reasons sugar shack aka tripe aka shacky <laughs> aka shit. the landing of a cow stomach <laughs> nah brother it's been an absolute pleasure man but i don't want this to be the end so I want to know you're gonna come back. Yeah, yeah, man. I feel like. Are you sure just... you don't sound convinced? No, Are no, you sure? no. Are you no gonna come I am. Back? I am. I am. We're touching. We're just touching base. I don't. I haven't really. You know, I was just warming up. I definitely got a lot more to stay. So yeah, hundred percent, man. As long as you guys will have me, I'm there. Yeah, man. Um, but before we close out, share some of your um social media handles because obviously I know people are gonna want to interact with you and speak to you more. Yeah. So tell us, man. Yeah, so it's all on Shaki Poetry. So S H A K double I Poetry. So that's Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud. It's all the same thing. And you can just catch me on there. And I'm, yeah. I've been performing for a little while, but I'm coming back. I'm coming back. So maybe, you'll catch I, maybe me Maybe you might perform next time around. Yeah, you know what? I've got something for you. Don't watch that. Don't watch that. Next time, I've got something. All right, then, my brother. Thank you, man. Pleasure. <laughs> <laughs>